0: Is your work attire causing a style fever? The cure is clear, my friend. The pink tastic scrubs and accessories from Bizcare. Their collaboration with the National Breast Cancer Foundation isn't just a fashion statement, my friend. It's a prescription for change. A portion of each sale supports the National Breast Cancer Foundation. Bizcare is thrilled to announce that they're sponsoring this episode of the High Performance Nursing Podcast visit liamcaswell.com forward slash bizcare to find your nearest stockist. Remember, the best things in life are worth talking about. Talk to your friends, family, patients and colleagues about breast cancer prevention today. For the person that's being performance managed, beautiful human, this is tough. This is extremely tough, but you are also extremely tough and you're gonna get through it. Hello, you are listening to the High Performance Nursing Podcast with me, Liam Caswell, where I help clinicians just like you take control of their careers and remove all the things, stopping you from achieving your biggest goals. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome back to the High Performance Nursing Podcast. I'm so excited that you are here today. Happy friggin' Tuesday. I hope you've had a beautiful weekend and that you haven't worked too hard. Today, we are talking all things performance management. This might not apply to all of you, but everybody should probably have a little listen, just in case you ever find yourself or a peer in a performance management process. This is just really a little introduction to how I would explore performance management if I was being performance managed. Now, the reason this comes up is that I've had lots of people call me and I love connecting with nurses. And I've had lots of people calling me recently asking about how to navigate the performance management process. And in short, I have been pretty disgusted in the way that people are being treated. Now, I'm getting one side of the story and I'm not here to judge, but as an ex nurse student manager who has performance managed people, who has fired people, I'm very, very disappointed in what I'm hearing from the industry. It doesn't surprise me because at the end of the day, as I always say, nurses at any level are just humans and we're imperfect, but there's a fine line between being an imperfect human and then being just a really disorganized, shoddy, you know, dirty Dan, nurse unit manager. And that's the kind of vibe that I'm getting. I'm getting like dodgy processes, being performance managed, but not being performance managed, lack of clarity, definitely no adherence to policy and procedure, and it's messing with people. And I feel really passionately about talking about this, because I think that we need to shine a light on the fact that the reason why this happens is because myself included as a nurse unit manager got absolutely zero performance management training. And actually, maybe I can tell you this story before I dive in, whilst protecting everybody's confidentiality. But as in one of my NUM roles, I was very new in this role. And within probably a month or so, I was told, I wasn't asked. I was told that I was taking a staff member who had been performance managed for a couple of years on another ward. And I was like a bit taken aback. I was really scared and really nervous. I thought to myself. I don't know how to manage somebody like this. Like, I don't know if they'd been managed for years, I would, could not even fathom to think what had been going on and why they were being managed. So my brain went wild. If you're a numb, you'll understand this. Or if you've managed somebody, I went wild in my brain thinking about all these things. I'm like, oh my God, it's going to be painful. I, I went to the place and it did not serve me. And I didn't have the coaching tools at the time. So I was like really in my head. Anyway, cut. long story short, this individual then came and worked on my area. And I started doing some research around performance management. Now, I'm not perfect, and I definitely was not perfect. So I'm not saying I'm great and you're not great. But I was struggling, so I had a gap, so I had to fill the gap. So I looked up the policies, looked up the procedures, met this human, lovely, had no issues. And I kind of consciously had spoken to my partner about it, and I was like, I need to get into the place where my head space, like, there's no bias. I didn't even read their file from the previous... Employer, I just got a download. I got a really crappy handover from them because they were very happy to just like pass them on, you know, as if it was like a huge problem they were and burdening themselves with, and that I was then taken on. And I was kind of like rolling my eyes internally, like, "Here's Liam, the workhorse. Here's Liam that will get shit done. And thanks very much. This is my reward. I know some of you will resonate with that for sure. So anyway, I did not look at their file, and I thought to myself, "Hey." Let's just create your own opinion of this individual. And we started working with them. We started working on the floor with them. We started supporting them and we started seeing some clinical gaps in knowledge and skill. But arguably these gaps in knowledge, like most people have them, right? Like most people tend to have them. But as we progressed through this relationship and this like performance management process, of course, we started to formalize it. There was performance improvement plans in place. There was very awkward, difficult conversations that needed to be have be had. There was meetings with the director of nursing, the aid on, myself, the individual, the union. All of this stuff goes on behind the scenes, right? In a performance management process. There is a hell of a lot of documentation. There is a lot of dotting your I's, crossing your Ts. There's a lot of like watching what you say, mincing your what like you know, making sure that you're not saying the wrong things in written form and verbally. There's a lot of pussyfooting around things, and there's it's just evident that everybody is winging it in the process, including HR. Who, when you call, they say things to you like, "You need to refer to the policy." <laughs> and I'm like, "I have 50 times, and it doesn't state anything about this." They did not like me. Cut a long story short. As we progress through this process, I get to know this person. I personally felt compelled because if I'm going to manage somebody and say that they're not clinically signed to work. I'm going to have to work with them to identify that as my own judgment because I don't trust nobody. (laughs) Nobody. And neither should you. So as I moved through that process, I built rapport with this individual and we had this ongoing process for a couple of weeks, a couple of months. And as we moved forward, it became pretty evident that there were some ongoing recurring clinical gaps and things that we had kind of gone over multiple times that weren't changing, weren't improving. And we then have those really difficult conversations. Now, I could be wrong. Maybe I did the wrong thing, but I felt as a human to human that it was really important for me to build human rapport with this person. I kept it very clear. I always had other people in the room, but I made it very clear that I was the manager and that this is a process and this is the the pathway. But I also let them know that I'm a human (laughs) and that they can always come to me and that my door was open and I actually ended up creating this really safe environment with all of the people that I performance managed. They might tell a different story, but I created this really safe environment where they could come to me, we could have conversations and we could explore it. And that's where my love and passion for coaching began because I started to get so curious about what really was stopping these people from you know, picking up the game and like really stepping into the clinician that I knew they could be. Because it wasn't like I was writing them off. It wasn't like they were done and that they couldn't learn and grow. But, you know, after a period of time and double staffing and increased costs on the organisation, these decisions go above and beyond the manager and the numb. So this is what had happened here. And I remember specifically having a conversation with this individual that I was performance managing. And we'd gone through the process and it was all kind of like formal, very, very formal. And I knew that we were about to hand over this you know this call to be fired ultimately and i was kind of dreading it internally thinking oh my god i can't i don't know that i can do this this is just horrible this is somebody's livelihood there are so many things trust me if you are going through a performance process and you've got a rapport and connection with your numb just know that hopefully it's never ever ever personal right it should not be personal and i'm gonna get to that But this was not personal. This was purely clinical. I actually adored this person. They were a beautiful human, but we just couldn't get them there. We tried all these different things, years of support. Arguably, I don't think they ever got support in the previous role based on what I was told. And it was very personal and they just took a disliking to this individual. So we didn't do that. We supported and we made sure that we were there. And they actually mentioned that so many times they felt so supported and they felt so, you know, safe and comfortable to ask and to question and challenge but they themselves started to see that they couldn't navigate it and they just maybe didn't want to navigate it and they didn't want the stress and the pressure and then other people started talking as well which is a horrible part of the performance management process. When people have to work with you other people are going to see so then there's this whole cognitive aspect of oh my god I'm embarrassed people are looking people are watching. So cut long story short we get to the end and we're about to kind of deliver you know, hand over the the result and say, hey, we've gone through this whole process and we were kind of like amping ourselves up front. And I had a a conversation with this individual the day before and I very strategically suggested, checked in and assessed the situation, assessed their knowledge and understanding of the situation and strategically and subtly suggested that it may be in their best long-term career interests to... Leave. And that was a tough conversation to have. And of course, I said it in much nicer terms than that. But in a nutshell, I kind of gave them the nudge and said, look, tomorrow you're going to get an email. And I think that it's very important that you make a decision this evening and that you act on that decision before tomorrow. You know what to do. You know what your best interests are. Here are all your options. Here are all of the things that we've gone through. What do you want to do moving forward? And they were upset. They were really upset, but they also knew and understood because we had tried and they had tried and it kind of was like, almost like a mutual decision. They made the decision. Well, they didn't, they, they were forced to make the decision, but selfishly, I felt better about it because I felt like I gave them a heads up and I felt like I gave them back the little control that they had in this experience. I don't need a pat on the back for that or anything. I'm not looking for that. It's just, I'm just talking off the cuff, like what my experience was. And then the other side of it was that they, it also allowed me selfishly to then not have to go through that horrible, like next day experience, right? I still had to go through it, but I had to have the hard conversation, but I just had it where I gave them a little more power. And I felt like that was the right thing to do. And interestingly, I actually met up with this person afterwards in a non-clinical context and they thanked me. They thanked me for being respectful, kind, compassionate, straight to the point. No bullshit, but supportive, you know, encouraging. And I had an amazing team that worked with me as well. And they all supported this individual and the thanks was for all of us, right? But this is not what I'm seeing in the people that are coming to chat to me. I'm not seeing this experience of true, genuine support. I almost came from a place of like curiosity, like really like three years and you still haven't been able to improve. Like what's going on here? Let's go and explore. Let me go in with a clean set of eyes. That ultimately was the reason why they were moved to my area. Also because the other people could not be bothered to do it properly or even invest in this human being, which is just abysmal. So I've had lots of conversations recently where I've been hearing that it's very personal, that people are, you know, making claims against people's code of conduct adherence and their APRA adherence and that they, you know, they're making these mistakes that are unforgivable and unforgettable. And as I dive deeper and explore these quote unquote mistakes and these things that happen, I'm like, those things happen every day. They shouldn't happen, but those things happen every day across the world, the globe. In the four or five countries that I've worked in, they happen every day. And I'm talking about little things like patient being left in a wet pad. Now, you know how I feel about this stuff. We got to make sure that we deliver the best care, but we could all probably, everybody listening, put their hand on their heart and say, you know what? I've definitely left a patient in a wet pad for sure. And forgot about it. Like human made a mistake. Sure. But these things are being risk manned. These things are being reported as neglect for new graduates. Now, new graduates, I don't want you to stress or worry this happens across the spectrum. I've worked with people at the other end that have been doing the job for 20 years and are being micromanaged and bullied and inappropriately managed in all ways, shapes and forms. Now, I'm all for management if you need to be managed, but really typically, it just highlights to me a lack of support and a lack of investment in that team member. And as I divulge and explore these situations and I give my opinion and explore what's actually going on, I'm like, yeah, leaving somebody in a wet pad is not a reason to lose your registration or to be reported to APRA or to be put on a performance plan, in my personal opinion, unless you've done it 500 times, right? If you do it like more than three times, it's like almost becomes intentional. If it's like, it becomes an intentional practice. But again, how do we prove that to be true? I don't know. You know, the next one, like, Yeah, if you are somebody that maybe disconnects an IV line to feed it through a gown, Like, oh my goodness, that's terrible. Mm, Yeah, infection control doesn't like that. But have we all done it? I'm just hearing the crowds of people scream, yes, 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 we've done it for sure. I've done it. It It's like common practice when I started. So like, sure, we've got to grow with the times again. Do we repeat it? Do we keep doing it? Maybe then we need to have a conversation. So... Maybe we miss an antibiotic, maybe we miss a medication, maybe we delay something because we don't have the support. All of these things are things that happen every day. In isolation, they are not reason to performance-manage somebody. In collection of unsafe practices and evidence to prove that somebody is consistently being unsafe, arguably, then maybe they need to be performance-managed. Or maybe they just need to be supported. Maybe they just need to be invested in. Maybe they need to be guided. Maybe somebody just needs to sit down and have a conversation with them. And what I'm seeing is that we're just avoiding this like the plague. And instead, we're just shitting on people. Literally, I've not got a better word. We're shitting on people. And we talk about how the nursing industry should be so much better and kinder and respectful and we should lift each other up. But whilst we engage in this behaviour... And the little sniggering and like the gossiping and the, oh my god, they're being performance managed. And the nurse unit manager buying three people coffees when there's eight people on shift. And this sister alliance and the brotherhood and the friggin' they-them alliance. It drives me absolutely crazy. It is like kindergarten. It's like play school. We are far beyond that, my friend. And if you're a nurse unit manager, you're an educator, and you support people through a performance management I really, really hope that you take something from this, especially if you are partaking in this behaviour. It is hard for us to performance manage somebody, but that doesn't mean we have to compound the hardness and compound the issues for the person being performance managed. They are already suffering cognitively. They are in doubt, they're in fear, they're in overwhelm, they're in stress, they're in worry, they think they're going to lose their livelihood. The least thing that we could do is be a human and see the truth for what it is that this is a really, really tough experience and that managing somebody through this process incorrectly or haphazardly is just a non-negotiable. That is not okay. We have to make sure that we support them. We have to make sure that we have tangible evidence, that we have it documented, that we have clear impact to patient safety and patient wellbeing or staff safety, staff wellbeing, to the person's wellbeing. Let's not forget the person, the nurse, We have to have a clear process that we're following. We need to communicate that process so clearly and articulately. We need to make sure that we document every conversation that we have. We need to make sure that we offer them EAP. We need to make sure that we offer them some kind of external support. We need to let them know what their rights are. They can have a union member come in with them to every meeting. You need to let them know that you're going to be flexible in these meetings so that the union member can come and support them or that they can have somebody else support them. You need to remind them that this is a confidential process and that only the people that need to know will know. Now people talk, but people should not talk. The people that talk are just indulging in somebody else's drama and it's the lowest form of gossip. It's the lowest form of like just nastiness, in my opinion. Somebody that has been bullied immensely throughout my whole life and somebody that has suffered at the idea and perception of other people or believed that that's what was happening. It's horrible. It's a horrible, horrible experience to have to have somebody watch a clinical practice and then for people to start making up their own stories and tell, gossiping about the fact that you're so unsafe. Because here's what happens. When you work in an environment that's like that, people start then... Collecting evidence on behalf of the nurse unit manager and the educator, they start looking for problems in your work. Because remember, what we focus on, we create. Like what we focus on, we see more of. It's not a coincidence that when somebody's being performance managed, that more issues come out of the woodwork. Because everybody then turns the focus on this person. Because whilst we're looking at him, we're not looking at me. What if we could just hold space for that person? What if we could like go over and say, "Hey, Liam, I like I know this is tough." I'm here to support you. What do you need from me? Imagine how much that would mean to somebody that's being performance managed for the right reasons, right? Not for just because somebody's being horrible. So I really want you to think if you're numb, like, are you doing all of those things? Are you sending the person an email after you've done the performance chance? Are you giving them all the opportunities? Are you following the process to a T? Are you watching how you communicate? Are you watching who you tell? Are you sharing... Confidential information inappropriately. Trust me when I say this, the future generations of nursing are going to be all over this. Gone are the days where we just sit there and we just accept, oh sure, Liam says I've got to be performance managed. No, the future of nursing is going to want the deeds <laughs> They're going to want all of the things. They're not going to just settle for some vague and ambiguous, broad statement that everybody else contributes to on the wards. That wet pad risk man yeah well i could have done five of those today because it was five of them right so if you're numb and that's what you're doing and you're not following the process please 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 book a call with me just let's have a chat okay let's have a chat or if you know somebody go and chat to them get yourself some training tap into your organization there must be some kind of training now who I really care about is the person that's being performance managed, right? But I want to say as a wrap up, what the NUM or the educator or the aidon, or the DON, all of you, because I've seen it terrible at all levels. I've also seen it good, by the way. But at the all levels, I want you to acknowledge that going into these processes as a nurse unit manager, you must manage the heck out of your mind. You need to be so aware of your thoughts and make sure that they are factual and true. You need to make sure that your mind is managed so that when you go into these situations, you're not operating from a mismanaged mind that's too preoccupied about whether or not you're going to say the wrong thing, whether or not you're going to trip up, whether or not, you know, they're going to think that you're bad. Well, you're going to clear all that up because when you go into these meetings, you are there to hold space, not judgment. You're there to hold space for this individual to be hurt, to find opportunities to support them better, to not need to go down the path, To collect evidence to prove why maybe they are progressing. I think we just think that we have to run down this path of like, well, performance management, tick, that's it, red card. And you're out. We're going to get you out of this door. It's such hard work to sack somebody. Oh my goodness. Do not do it to yourself if it's unnecessary. If you're doing it from a shitty place because you are too insecure yourself and you are not somebody that feels your emotions. You are like pushing this onto somebody else. And you're like pushing all your shit over there onto some sad, depressed, anxious new graduate nurse. That like, no, no, we can't do that to people. And it's happening. I wish I could say that it's not happening. I wish I could say I was making this up, but it's totally happening. So I'll get off my soapbox, but numbs, we need to do better. We can do better. There's always opportunity for growth. Acknowledge what you're doing really well and poke holes in it. Poke holes, we poke holes in evidence-based practice to make it better. Poke holes in your leadership, poke holes in your management, poke holes in your performance management, make it better. Make people not scared to have conversations with you. Make people not scared to come into your office and have the door closed. Think about what your staff, if your staff think they're coming into the office, and if they tell you, because they'll tell you, if they think that that's scary, or if you're a staff member and you think it's scary going to your nurse unit manager's office, they have not created enough safety in that world for you. That's a real, real red flag for culture, for your growth, for your development. Something to think about. Now, for the person that's being performance managed, beautiful human, this is tough. This is extremely tough, but you are also extremely tough and you're going to get through it. And what I want to offer to you are some steps that I think you need to know that if you're not being performance managed well, you should be aware of. Take me as your virtual nurse unit manager so that you can navigate the process safely for yourself and getting the most out of it. Okay. So first things first, acknowledge that you're a human who nurses. You are somebody who is going to experience all the thoughts and all the feelings. It's normal to immediately doubt yourself when you get that letter or somebody pulls you into the office or somebody says, hey, you've stuffed up here. Your performance isn't, isn't on par. Whatever way in which they deliver their feedback, which by the way, again, no one's ever trained to do this. So it's usually pretty bad. Understand that they probably have very little training and they're doing the best with what they have and understand that your brain is gonna offer you lots of thoughts about what they have to say. And you're gonna wanna defend yourself and you're gonna want to prove to them that they're wrong. And that's normal. But in this moment, I want you to just see that you don't have to do that. You do not have to defend yourself. Just take it all in, absorb it, try as much as possible to get to a place where it's neutral and you're just receptive, almost like a little information sponge, right? And then when you're outside of that space, you can then map out on a bit of paper so simply all of the thoughts that you have about it. Map out, just gather all the information. Think about it like a handover, right? You can argue it, I'm not saying to argue it, but you know, argue from a place of neutrality and like curiosity, because your body's gonna want to like go into this place. Of, oh my God, I, I did not do that. That's not true. And that's not gonna serve you, okay? You wanna create space for yourself, hold space for yourself, because they're not gonna hold it for you, hold space. And that just means just be present, neutral, all the information, you're going to feel it in your body, you're going to want to react, and then you're just going to say to yourself, no, I got this, I'm gathering information. Take your notepad in, write everything down that they say, poke holes in what they say, get curious. Oh, can you tell me more about that day that that happened? What is your main concern here? And maybe I need to do a freebie on this, like a download. I'll have a think about it, but I'd love to get feedback from you guys. But Really poke holes in it. Just as much as they should poke holes in their leadership and their management of you, you've got to poke holes in what they have. Think about it like if you were in court. I know it's scary. But like whenever you watch a good court drama, they're always poking holes in the story. And they're like, is this true? Or is this factual? Or there's 15 different versions of this event. Poke holes in it. Get curious. Operate from a place of curiosity. Once you've had that first initial meeting, right? Like there's probably going to be two people in that room. You probably don't have time to get somebody. You probably get kind of like pulled in and you don't know that you are being pulled in. So that's the first thing. Nurse unit managers, educators, you should email people ahead of time and say, hey, we're going to have a discussion on Thursday when you come to work. And it's about X, Y, and Z. You should pre-warn them. Do not ever just bring it on day. Don't do that. It's horrible. Unless it's the only way. But there's, there's other ways to do it. And then the next step that I want you, people that are being performance managed to think about, is making sure that you, one, have collected your notes, and then two, when you go away, I want you to write it all out, type it all up, gather all the information, okay? I want you to then contact your union. If you're not a union member, get help. There are lots of different avenues. I think Nursing Midwifery Advocacy Solutions, Vicki Stewart, I'll link down below. She's a great resource. You can call me and I'll give you a, a breakdown and a review of your situation for free. You can call the Nursing Midwifery Support Helpline. That's also in the show notes. You can call EAP, right? You can call any of the platforms that deal with anything kind of mental health, all of those things. You'll get support somewhere. Reach out to your network, whoever you trust, okay? Don't talk about it to anybody at work, even your bestie, okay? Once you've got that support, get the neutral support from somebody external to the situation. And then I want you to map everything out, write it all down and start poking holes in it outside of that, heated environment, okay, for yourself. I want you to make sure that there's nothing else that they can go and poke holes into. So like your mandatory training. I know it's the last thing you wanna be doing right now, but if you've got gaps there and you haven't done your mandatory training, go and get it done. Please prioritize that. Get it done, mind-numbingly click through it, get it done so that there's nothing they can poke holes at, right? We don't wanna give them more excuses, especially if it's a vindictive, you know, malicious, unplanned, performance management plan. Now, the next step that you want to think about when you're in the performance management process is the support that you have for managing the thoughts that are gonna come up. Because now that you're focusing on the facts that other people think you're not good enough, you're also gonna find other people that think the same thing. You're just gonna see it. They might not even think it, but you're gonna start collecting the evidence. Because what does our brain do? It collects evidence of what we think is true. What we think is true is so important here. So again, we've got to be factual with ourselves. We've got to acknowledge that we've got a human brain that's going to run wild because this is a period of instability and our brain loves comfort and safety. So in this moment, your brain's going to go wild. You're not going to be able to sleep, you know, all the things. So it's so important you clear out your mind and you start managing it properly. And you remind yourself, that's not true. Jane just looked at me like that because that's how Jane looks, right? We've got to collect all of that evidence to disprove that everybody's gossiping and talking. Because even if they are, even if the 30 people on your ward of the 31 staff are talking about you, you still get to decide what you make that mean. Your brain's going to want to make you think, this is terrible and I'm so embarrassed. But you get to decide, if 30 people are talking about me, then what else could you choose to believe is true? They have nothing else to do with their life? Really? Like... They believe it to be true. That's their problem. There are so many other options and I can give you heaps of them if we have a call together. Now, the next thing that I want you to think about, these are not in sequential order by the way. I'm just giving you some tips and tricks. Anytime that you go for a meeting in one of these performance management plans, number one, if they haven't actually given you a performance management plan, like a tangible document that says performance management and here's the key problem and here's the apra code of conduct and the standards for practice and the organizational yada, yada, yada that you've breached, you're not on a performance management plan. I would question that. If they say you're on one, but you don't have a document, you're not on one, in my opinion. So have clarify that conversation. And if they're going down that process, ask curiously. Now some of you are gonna say, I don't want to ask. I don't want to ask, like, oh, can I have a plan? She <laughs> don't want one, right? But like I would just get curious about the plan. Be like, okay, do we have documented evidence of this? What are the key things that you need from me moving forward to be able to prove to you that i am competent in these areas notice the neutrality right like i'm not being sassy i could be sassy but I'm not being sassy i'm just being totally neutral and curious like okay so i've got a problem in comprehensive care delivery according to you so what is the actual tangible steps here what do you need me to be doing what are the key challenges specifically Not broadly, specifically, what are the key APRA, nursing standards for practice issues that you see and what are you looking for from me in my clinical practice day-to-day that I can work towards moving forward? If you don't have that, you're not in a performance management plan and somebody's mismanaging you, okay? And you want to maybe, one, leave or two, learn to manage your mind, deal with this individual, really start poking holes in it so that they shit themselves and then move on, or they escalate it and they become horrible and then you need to leave, right? There's not many options when it comes to this kind of scenario environment. If you don't have a plan, you don't have a plan. If you have a plan, poke holes in it, get curious and make sure it is crystal clear, no ambiguous information, no ambiguous language, okay? And then from there, you're going to put it to work. If you're choosing to stay, you're going to put it to work and you're going to do the work and you're going to contribute and you're going to just run the process. You can argue it with your union member. I'm not here to give you advice on that. I'm just telling you the things that I see people miss. From there, every meeting that you go into, you're gonna take notes. Not like I'm taking notes and prepare it. You can do that for sure, but I don't want this to consume your life. It's already gonna consume your mind and your life. Don't take it wild, but go in with a pen and paper and take notes as they speak. And then what you're gonna do when you leave, which is by the way, what the manager should do, but they don't do this, Um, And if you do this, you might just give them a little scare because you're taking it seriously and they're not. You're going to say, hi, John, thank you so much for your time today. We met today on the 17th of May, 7.30pm, and we discussed the following. Jane said, according to Standard 1, blah, 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 blah. This was the action. Jane said that I did not do this. Now, this is going to take you time and you're going to want to do it. But if you want to keep your registration and you want to beat the process, you have to collect all the information. Remember, if it isn't documented, it didn't happen. The same rule applies here. So you document it. And then based on whatever your union member says, you can run it past your union member if they provide that service or maybe Vicky or I don't know. I'm not going to say that they do because I don't know that they do, but run it past somebody to make sure that it's not emotional. It's very neutral. It's very factual. We deal with the facts. performance management not the feelings so if your manager says i feel like you're not doing good that's a feeling that's not a fact all right that's the one thing (laughs) i want you to take away from this it's a feeling not a fact so as you move through that process you're gonna document it and then you can potentially once it's been reviewed for emotionality it's not a word but emotionality you can then send that to them and say thank you so much john for your time today and here's them. and if you do that after every meeting They collect the evidence, you collect the evidence, you ask them to reply and seek confirmation that this is exactly what happened and you'll go back and forth. And nine times out of 10, they'll crap themselves, okay? (laughs) They don't have time. And if they're not really like wanting to performance manage you and you want to stay in that area and you love your job, it's worth fighting for. If you are over it and you already can see the writing on the wall, don't put yourself through the process, just leave. I normally would say manage your mind, do the things, blah, 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 blah. Now, if you are like out, checked out, and you're like, this is not the place for me. I deserve better. I can do better. I'm doing an incredible job. And you truly, truly believe there is no cause for your performance management. And you can honestly say that to yourself. And there's no scope for growth or learning. Leave. Okay. So I said this was going to be a short episode. LOL. It's a long episode, but I think that this will really help someday it will help people on the management side better manage and like this is just my experience my perspective that's why i have the podcast to share what i've done to share the lessons that i've learned to share the cups and to share the things that i wished i knew as a numb as an i wasn't an adon but as a numb as a senior clinician and i also want to empower people that are in this situation because here's the truth. There's even though there's support out there, you're, you're kind of almost hung out to dry. We've all heard that analogy or that saying, right? That, you know, you're just a number. Like ultimately we are just a number. So let's remember that. Let's protect that pin that you worked really, really hard for and navigate this process with neutrality internally, you're gonna have a, a, like your brain's gonna be blown up, but neutrality in managing this situation Delivering what they ask for, if you feel like it's warranted, and you don't need to escalate it, and you think fair enough, that's I can improve my practice there. Finding the growth in the learning in the experience, knowing that throughout the whole thing your brain's going to be going wild, and you're going to be feeling all the feelings. That's why I think it's important to have a coach, a counselor, a psychologist, EAP, Nursing Midwifery Support Helpline, somebody you can go to to rationalise your brain because you're not going to be rational your brain's going to start believing. If it hears something enough, it's going to start believing it to be true. So you need that disconnect where we can just go, hold on a second, Liam. How true is that? How true is it that you're a dangerous clinician? You know, let's say they say you're a dangerous clinician. How true is that? Do you believe that to be true? Sometimes that's all we need. In coaching, that's one of my favorite things to do is to challenge with curiosity the bullshit that our brain throws out to us. we've collected from somewhere else in this experience people that are being performance managed you don't need extra bullshit. you've got enough (laughs) okay you have enough i say that with love and kindness you have enough so let's not compound the experience with all of that Alrighty, we talked about a lot today and i know my brain was probably a little all over the place but i hope that that was of value i would love to hear your feedback i hope that none of you ever have to go through this experience i hope that Somebody on both ends of the spectrum today listens to this podcast or in the future and sees possibility in their growth in the experience in the lessons that a performance management process can offer you i also hope that as we move forward maybe high performance nursing needs to lead the way but maybe moving forward maybe we need to give our nuns and our educators and our aid-ons and our dons better training training where they can actually deliver news effectively in a kind and respectful way, in a way that is non-inflammatory and deal with these situations without the gossip, the sniggering, the bickering, the behind the scenes drama, because it's all completely unnecessary. And it says so much about the people running these situations. And I just want to save and protect all the people from bad managers. We had Tim Ferriss on the podcast and I loved his slogan. He saves humans from bad management. And like, literally that's how I feel when I hear these stories. So if you're going through this process, you're not alone. Please, please, please book a call. Come and have a chat to me. They are completely free. There is no agenda. Come and have a call. You can get the support from me. I can give you a bit of a plan of what I would do. We can personalize that. Look at your unique situation and see if it's warranted. And I can also help you navigate some of the things that are coming up in your brain. Okay. You have options. It is not the end of the world. Unless you don't go in strategically and deal with this properly. It could be, okay, if we let them run wild. I'm talking about the managers, the shitty managers. Protect yourself, get the support that you need. Action it straight away and navigate this strategically. Alrighty, I will see you all in the next episode. It has been a pleasure to be here. Happy Tuesday. We will see you in the next episode. Stay safe, stay curious, and stay away from shitty managers. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I'm so privileged that you spent your time with us here today. Hey, can I ask a favour? If you know someone that would benefit from this podcast episode, please share it with them. The more you share, the more we get in front of amazing nurses and we're able to help them see that nursing on their terms across their career is totally possible for them. So I'd love if you could do that. Now, I will see you in the next episode next week. Until then, let's make this year the year that you nurse on your terms. Are you ready? Let's do it.